following along and listening to We Got Goals this season, we've been diving deep into topics we care about and want to learn more about. We've talked about the history of fitness, talked about mental health, we've chatted through diet culture, and we've also covered sustainability. This month, we were all set to talk about making the choice to grow your family or not. This is Gina Anderson Cohen, by the way, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life, and my husband and I are actually in the midst of making that choice. We got married not really knowing the answer, so I had big plans to talk through things like choosing not to have a family, fertility, lost, the cost of caring for a family, and more. Cut to the recent revelation that the Supreme Court was close to overturning Roe v. Wade, which was the Supreme Court case that established a woman's right to an abortion based on a constitutional right to privacy in 1973. So suddenly, the idea of focusing on making a reproductive choice felt like it required a better introduction. We regrouped for a couple of weeks, talked to a few experts, and rearranged our interviews. Now you'll hear from experts on fertility and maternal nutrition, as well as experts on recovering postpartum. But we're starting with Dr. Sophia Yen, the CEO and co-founder of Pandia Health. She is board certified in adolescent medicine with more than 20 years of experience in medicine. She graduated from MIT, UCSF Medical School and UC Berkeley with a master's in public health in maternal child health. She serves as a clinical associate professor at Stanford Medical School in the Department of Pediatrics in the Division of Adolescent Medicine. She's also founded three nonprofit organizations and has given a TEDx talk on making periods optional. So she's done a lot. (laughs) Dr. Yen and I discussed the step that many women who have access take way before ever thinking about a family, birth control. We talked about that, the impact of overturning Roe v. Wade on reproductive rights in general, and much, much more. We also talked specifically through questions the community wanted answered about IVF, about specific brands of birth control, about the impact of birth control on your ability to conceive. Spoiler, your ability to conceive should return to normal with all birth control types. The main difference is how long it takes to return to normal. So we had a lot to cover in this short interview. So without further ado, here I am with Dr. Sophia Yen. This is Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Lab, and I am here with Dr. Sophia Yen, who is the CEO and co-founder of Pandia Health. Dr. Yen, thank you so much for joining me on We Got Goals. Thank you so much for covering this important topic as the U.S. is going backwards 50 years, or they want to push us back to the 1600s. (laughs) Put us in red cloaks, too, while we're at it, right? Yes. Yeah. And I reached out to you because we've worked with you before. You've you've led incredible panels and, and discussions on um, birth control and on female reproductive health too. So we know you to be an expert. Um, and then I received an email from you um, talking about the implications of Roe v. Wade's reversal on reproductive health and on your rights as a birth control using human. Um, so let's start there. Um, Pandia Health released, I I called it a white paper. What would you call it? An info page? Yes, I would call it an info page, (laughs) um, but we've got so much content everywhere on this issue. Um, 
just check out pantyhealth.com, our YouTube, our Instagram, my Facebook. I've done a lot of hate tweeting. <laughs> and we'll, we'll make sure that listeners get access to this as well. Uh, to your info, to your hate tweets, to all of it. Um, and, and, and after um, we saw the leaked opinion showing that Roe v. Wade would likely be overturned, um, you reacted. Uh, talk to us about the impact of Roe v. Wade on reproductive rights, on our yes. rights as reproducing humans. So Roe v. Wade, 1973, you might have seen that on some t-shirts at the end of Saturday Night Live this weekend, showing that they support and they acknowledge the importance of Roe v. Wade. As we have heard over and over again, it wasn't the perfect case, but it is what established the right to privacy and said that the reason why government cannot interfere in this personal health decision is that we have the right to privacy. And to take away that right is just the big tip of the iceberg of all this crazy other stuff they can go after because the right to birth control is also a right to privacy. And then there's just other, you know, with these rights, there's all these other rights that these same conservatives want to take away. The ability to vote, the ability to marry who you want to marry, love who you want to love. And I think the key is, you know, my bedroom, my decisions, your bedroom, your decisions, my uterus, my religion, your uterus, your religion, and even people of the same religion can have a totally different interpretation, specifically Catholics for choice, which I'm told you're supposed to do whatever God says that you should do. And if God says you need to terminate this pregnancy so you can have future several pregnancies, then that seems like a you know thing that could be possible. And if your Catholic priest agrees, then you should be good to go. There is no one way because really no one is direct line to God <laughs> as far as I know. But um, I also just want to make it clear that this is, you know, about freedom of religion. And that is a fundamental American principle. The Puritans came here so they could avoid religious persecution. And you would not want my mom running this country under her religion because she's Buddhist and you would have to be vegetarian. And if she were extreme Buddhist, you couldn't build a building on top of worms or kill ants or anything, there would be a lot of issues. So again, separation of church and state for a very good reason, because we don't want one religion dominating other uh, over another. And as I mentioned, even under the same religion, you have conflicting interpretations. So best to leave it your uterus, your choice, your religion, my uterus, my choice, my religion, no uterus. You don't talk to me about this. <laughs> you shouldn't vote on it. But even then, I don't want some of the specific one female Supreme Court justice telling me what to do. My body, my choice should be personal. Get rid of these gynoticians who think they're gynecologists, have never went to medical school, have never had to hold a woman's hand while she died of sepsis because she attempted a self-abortion that went terribly wrong. And the key you know, on that too is that you'll see a lot of references to coat hangers and People say, don't do the coat hangers because now we have medication abortion and you don't have to do anything crazy. But know that there are also uneducated people out there that will, that I've always been told by my OB-GYN professor, nothing will come between a woman and a wanted pregnancy 
and an unwanted pregnancy. So I tell those with penises, if the person with the uterus wants to get pregnant, she will get pregnant. <laughs> Assuming everything's working, she will make it happen. And if she wants to terminate a pregnancy, she will try her darndest in whatever different way. And the two scary stories I want to tell you. In Berkeley, California, the most liberal city and the most one of the most liberal states, a woman took a piece of her kid's hamster cage, shoved it up her uterus and attempted an abortion. And this is during the time where California, we still do, pay for your abortion. So why would you take a hamster thing, stick it up your uterus and try something when we will pay for your abortion? The government will pay for your abortion in California. Can't say other states, but definitely in California. So that's one example. Like if the most liberal city in the most liberal state does that, imagine less than that. The second one, I am an adolescent medicine specialist. We call that sex, drugs, rock and roll, a little acne and some sports medicine. As you know, adolescents are not the brightest people in the world. And so a young couple, not married, had sex. She got pregnant and had issues accessing abortion. We're afraid to tell her parents. We're afraid to tell anybody. Couldn't get it together to go, you know, to if she can't, if you don't trust her with, you know, the choice, how do you trust her with raising a child? How do you think she's going to go to a judge and get his permission to supersede whatever? So those judicial bypass things are just whack. Bottom line, she asked her boyfriend to help her terminate this pregnancy. So he took a bat and just started whacking at her uterus. We don't want this. And as I say, if you make abortion illegal or difficult to access, it will not make it go away. It will just make it dangerous, delayed, and more expensive. And these kinds of crazy things will happen. And back, I never personally saw this because it was 1970s when I was born. There were wards, floors in hospitals of women just sitting there with pus coming out of their uterus. And as a physician, the worst possible thing for you is to just say, there's nothing I can do because the bacteria has run all over her body. Our antibiotics are not working because she didn't come soon enough or whatever, and just hold her hand and pray. And I don't want to go back to that. So it's a slippery slope, <laughs> what I'm hearing, what I'm hearing in your voice and the deep passion um, from serving uterus having humans. Um, that this is a slippery slope that we don't want to go back to. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. And 80% or you know, 60% of this country believes this is a personal decision that the government should not be allowed to make that decision, that it is a personal decision for the person with the uterus. And if she wants to include her whole family, if she wants to include her religious leader, that is her body, her uterus, her choice. We should not be second-class citizens forced by the state. There are states that are passing laws. If you leave the state, we're going to jail you when you come back. What the? I am not your property. I am a human. I deserve bodily autonomy. No exception for rape or incest. That's crazy talk. So there's some sick, it's almost always a dude, raping me, impregnating me. And you're going to force me to carry this to term and then give birth to this incestuous thing that will remind me every single day for the rest of its life and my life, what transpired, that's like PTSD for the rest of your life. 
And yeah. I say, if they wanted to prevent abortion, this is how you prevent abortion. You provide comprehensive sex ed, you provide free birth control, and then you support people who can't afford to have babies. 60% of those who have abortions already have a baby. If you covered childcare, preschool, and women were paid equally, then they might choose to continue the pregnancy. And I say, you have every right to try to convince me of your way, but to force that upon me is unacceptable. I am not subject to your religion. I am, it's my body, my life. Yeah. And, and I, I think what you're speaking to is the concern. <laughs> I'm, I got to tell you, Dr. John, I'm pretty left-leaning when it comes to this issue. I want, uh, I want our, I'm actually, I should say I'm pretty uterus leaning when it comes to this issue. Um, I want my, my body to be the primary concern. I also want to be able to make that choice. And I'm also, I'm also a survivor of sexual assault. So I have benefited, um, from, from the system that allows a person without question, without having to prove a crime, um, to go through the steps necessary to take care of herself. Imagine all of these women, all of these humans who've been sexually assaulted, they don't go forward. If you have to prove you're the victim of a crime in order to access abortion, like that's not going to happen. Okay, let's jump ahead. We have a lot of questions from our ambassador community too. Um, so I'm going to pepper you with some of them. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Okay, it. good. Um, lots to do with Roe v. Wade. And then we have a lot of questions about birth control in general, because we know you're an expert in that too. So, um, there, there are a lot of women in our community who are at childbearing age or who are going through the process of freezing embryos or eggs. Um, so a big question we heard was, I heard that Roe v. Wade being overturned also has implications on IVF because of the embryos, et cetera. Can you speak to that? Any, anything you can kind of share in that realm, I know it's state by state. It is, you know, the thing is when they overturn Roe v. Wade, and it is a huge 95 to 5% possibility, unless we can pressure the Supreme Court justices and everyone related to them to do the right thing, <laughs> then um, and there are trigger laws where it will immediately become illegal in a bunch of different states. And some states, specifically Louisiana, as well as others, like to copycat. One's like, oh, you're conservative? I'm going to top that. Or, you know, you're going to restrict women's rights? Let's do you one up. So, the, but this is the ultimate, which is that life begins once the egg and sperm hook up. So if you're doing IVF, um, in vitro fertilization, it is fertilizing all these eggs and they want to give rights to these eggs. And so if you fertilize, you know, 10 eggs on average or 20 eggs on average, when you are done popping out your babies from the ones that you've used, the state might own the ones that are left over or like there's just, there may be restrictions. And I think this sets a poor precedent. If you can prevent, you can prevent, if you can force people to have babies, you can also force people to terminate babies, which is the other side that they do in China or used to no longer. But Yes, it's a slippery slope. And the other side is, as I mentioned, the, the main way to prevent abortion is to give everybody birth control. And um, some people interpret that the IUD, copper IUD, uh, any IUD, some of the birth control pills, because one of the three mechanisms is if the egg and sperm hooks up, 
there's a thin uterine lining so it can't stick. And you interfered with that sticking. It, once you made that, it should have the right to implant. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that's what they argue. And so that may be an abortion, aka miscarriage. And therefore they may, you know, take you to jail or like what I don't want to happen and what I see happening in these very conservative, anti-woman, anti-bodily autonomy states is when some woman comes in for a miscarriage, like, is that a miscarriage? Or did you like Google abortion and take, take some mifepristone or misoprostol? And they're going to call the police to your bedside. And when you have a miscarriage, that's the last thing that should, there's that, that just shouldn't be part of the equation. It should be, holy crap, I'm sorry that you lost a pregnancy. If you wanted to continue that, how do we help you with the next one? And then sometimes you have to perform a DNC so that what's left can get out. Otherwise it can turn into something bad and cause an infection. So that procedure still needs to be learned for when somebody has a miscarriage and needs to clean the sucker out. Or we also do a DNC when a woman has really heavy periods and we need to stop the sucker. So that procedure needs to exist. It needs to be taught, but we shouldn't criminalize and we shouldn't start questioning everybody with a uterus that comes in with a miscarriage. And yes, this totally opens it up to have crazy considerations with IVF and with birth control. Okay, next question. Um, the, the, so the question of the abortion pill uh, being ordered over state lines uh, can you speak to the legality of it or, um, I guess, guess <laughs> to, yes. to the best of your ability? <laughs> so a great resource that everybody needs to know about is plancpills.org. So plan A is your normal birth control, plan B and it's generics, or we prefer Ella, which is better prescription emergency contraception is if you messed up or if the condom popped or you ran out of pills or you couldn't get in for your depot or you ran out of your patches, whatever, then do emergency contraception plan B. And then plan C is, oh, I missed a period and I might be pregnant and I want a medication abortion. That website has all the info on how you can self-manage a medication abortion, how you can order pills from India. And just FYI, most of our drugs are made in India and they come to the US. Most of our genetics are generic drugs are manufactured in India. So it's no bad thing if it's in India, but if it's a you know pharmacy you don't know, then it could be a sketch pharmacy and all sorts of bad. But this nonprofit can refer you to safe, checked, qualified telemedicine practitioners, as well as pharmacies. That is the website I would bookmark and look at and check. They even have a phone number for people that are giving free medical advice. They have a phone number for free legal advice. And so it is absolutely state by state. If you are in California, New York, you're Connecticut, well, I don't know if, which way Connecticut, I take the back. California, New York, maybe Oregon and Washington, then you're probably okay. But the other states, you need to call numbers and check. Because even though somebody from California is being nice and they send you drugs, legally you take the drug, they could put you in jail. But one caveat I want everybody to learn is if you take one of these medications, there is no test that they can do in a standard hospital. Maybe in the future, there's some other tests, but there's no test now. And it's just a miscarriage. Women have miscarriages. Very common to have a miscarriage in the first trimester. People don't talk about it. And we should talk about it so that those who go under that aren't sad because it happens. And actually, a lot of them happen even before we know we're pregnant sometimes. 
Um, it's just your body's way of getting rid of something that wouldn't have survived otherwise. And so know that if you do do one of those other things, one, by law, no ER is allowed to turn you away. They must provide you the medical care you need, but just make sure that if it's illegal in your state, they can't tell the difference between a natural miscarriage and something caused by mifepristone misoprostol. Good information. It does not uh, constitute medical advice, and that was not medical advice. So another question from ambassadors was, uh, will overturning Roe v. Wade impact access to plan B and access to birth control in general, in your opinion? I think that if they start saying stuff that starts when the egg and sperm hook up, then that is a big problem. And that's why you need to leave medicine to doctors and leave science to the scientists and not have politicians involved, but they are involving themselves. And so we need everyone to make sure you ask every elected official where they stand on a woman's right to decide what happens to her body Specifically, where do you stand on abortion? Where do you stand on emergency contraception? Where do you stand on birth control? Where do you stand on sex ed? And if they sway in any way, eh, find me a different candidate or run yourself. If you have those, you know, pro-women, pro-bodily autonomy, pro-contraception, et cetera, because it absolutely can affect plan B and its generics, emergency contraception and contraception. And again, if we want to prevent abortion, give people contraception. That is the number one way to decrease abortions. Um, Options. We want options. Um, I liked that you pointed out run yourself because I I do think that's an excellent excellent point. Now is a good time if you're feeling very outraged, uh, run for office, (laughs) especially if you live in in a swing state, a purple state, run, run, run. Um, And there are two organizations that will help. Um, One is pro-choice Democratic women is Emily's List. And there's different versions of that. I think it's Jane's List in Texas, but Emily's List is a national organization and they have a training program. There's also a Democratic Party one called um, Emerge. And they have um, a national one and then they have local states. It's a nine month program on the weekends and you train to run for office or you train to help other women run for office and you have a sisterhood, a cohort of women helping each other run for office. I love that. Emerge. I feel like I just want to go through that. Do Uh, it. You would be perfect. I mean, I could run a campaign maybe. Um, Let's talk about birth control. So one of the big things we wanted to answer in this deep dive, obviously this deep dive was derailed by Roe v. Wade, (laughs) was choosing. Um, to have a baby. A, a big a big thing we go through um, before choosing is preventing. Um, so before we make that choice, let's talk about how we prevent. <laughs> I'm going to go in the opposite order because I, I find this, this last uh, or this first question interesting. Nah, whatever. Let's start with this. Um, what's your preference when someone comes to you and they're like, I want the most fail-safe birth control. You've given me this answer before, so I'd love to hear it again. So if, you know, if you are done with babies, then there's the vasectomy and there's tubal ligation. But if you are going to have a baby in the future, which is what I think you're presenting this scenario, far more common, um, perhaps for the demographic that's on your following Mm -hmm. is the, uh, the implant actually beats vasectomy. And that Mm. to me is crazy talk because a vasectomy is like the gold standard. 
And then the IUD with hormone beats tubal ligation. So vasectomy is snip, snip in dude and tubal ligation is snip, snip in woman. And it even goes further in, and I don't know what they do in the dudes, but in the women, they actually cut out an inch and they burn the tube. So the fact that you could even get pregnant into that tells you how crazy fertile women's bodies are. It's like one in a thousand or three out of a thousand that escapes tubal ligation. And the IUD with hormone beats that. And then a lot of people are like, well, are these things, you know, reversible? And I'm like, if I was stuck on an island with the hottest guy in the world and we just had to make a baby because it's the end of the world and there'd be no more babies in this world, but I had an IUD in my uterus, I could just reach up, grab the strings, it would collapse like an umbrella, you know, in the wind and just come out. And then my lining would build up in two weeks and bam, we could have a baby. With the implants, they put it in there and all you have to do, what we would do if you came to my office, take it out. I throw down some alcohol, I'd do a slit and I'd pull it out. You too could do that. Not saying you could, you should do that, but saying that if you were really desperate and wanted to get pregnant, then desert yes, island, you could do it. Desert <laughs> island. Then, then I told you this is very reversible. And yeah. within two weeks of building back your lining, bam, not like moans or anything like that. The only one with delayed return to fertility. So the pill, the patch, the ring, not delayed. The implant and the IUD, not delayed. It's just the shot. So the reason for the shot is it's this like thing that lives in fat in your muscle. And so it sits there for three months. And after like three shots, there may be some residual for like eight months to get it out of your body. And so for the people I deal with, they're usually young. And so if you have to wait eight months to get pregnant, it's no big deal. When we're, we're talking about the shot, um, the brand name we might be familiar with is Depo, right? Depo yes, Provera. Depo Provera. And the, I'll give you the pros and the cons. The pros is you don't have to think about it. It's every 12 weeks. It's very, very effective. The negative is um, if you're a scrawny kind of woman, it's not good for your bones. Um, but the flip side is once you've come off of it for five years, then your bone density goes back to somebody the exact same age. But while you're on it, you have decreased bone density. So it's not the greatest thing. And then I work with a lot of obesity patients at Stanford's clinic and um, it gives you the munchies. So mm -hmm. if you deal with the munchies like I do with like dessert and French fries and chips and hamburgers, then generally you're going to gain, I'd say 1% of your weight um, potentially every month or over the year or each year or something like that. But if you deal with it with diet soda and care a sugar-free gum, then you might be okay, but it definitely gives you the munchies. And then some people, uh, after three shots, 75% have no periods and they're like, yeah. And then the other um, 30 or 25% have maybe, you know, very light periods or some breakthrough bleeding. Interesting. Okay. Let's talk about the two different IUDs. We've talked about hormonal. There's also copper, um, yes. non-hormonal IUDs. We had a specific question from an ambassador about this. Um, what's the difference, um, any side effects for either of those that might not be on the pamphlet? Or the two are like night and day. Okay. In that, um, on, the way they're similar, they're both amazing and there's very, very little chance of getting pregnant. However, the hormonal IUD actually beats the copper IUD on the efficacy. And as I mentioned before, the hormonal IUD beats tubal ligation, but the copper IUD slips just a little bit under tubal ligation. Um, the key side effect 
is I see this all the time on Reddit, ladies, and Quora. So tell you have now been warned. The two biggest side effects on the copper IUD is more blood, more cramps. So they're like, oh my God, so much blood. Oh my God, so many cramps. I was like, did not your doctor tell you? Those are the two side effects you need to warn somebody about before you stick up a copper IUD. And I just a woman who hates blood and we'll talk hopefully maybe later about hashtag periods optional. So like (laughs) more blood, more cramps, like who would want this? But again, each person with a uterus is different. So if you're the kind of woman who has a period, you're like, what? Am I bleeding? Is that blood? Then yes, go ahead. If you're the kind of woman who feels no cramps and there are these women, nothing. My woman, my friend, my best friend from high school delivered her baby in five minutes. Didn't feel anything, dilated up to 10 centimeters with feeling nothing. And then a baby, I'm like, you are meant to have a ton of babies. Yeah. She would be perfect for the copper IUD because she feels nothing. But I feel every cramp as the blood comes out of my vagina. So I don't think I'm a very good candidate for the copper IUD. But for those who are anti-hormone, then yes, copper IUD. The copper IUD is also the most cost efficient. It can mm. be there for 10 to 12 years. Oh, wow. And it's off patents. Nobody owns the rights to it. So it is cheap and cost efficient if you're doing third world countries, mass stuff or whatever. Um, the IUD, just know that there's like three different dosages of it. And the one that's the lower dose, it's literally like, I think two millimeters smaller in one dimension, three millimeters in the other. So if you have, if you're a very petite person who's never given birth, Maybe you want to consider that one, but it also has less hormone, only lasts for three years. And on it, you would continue to bleed every single month. And I was like, the benefit of the hormonal IUD is 30% get um, no periods and 70% get lighter periods. This has none of that benefit. But this was made, I think, mainly because the, the, the original one was going off patent. And they're like, how do we like make more money? So they put this one on patent. It is good for young women who may be in a household where their parents don't know they're on some form of birth control. And so if their period were to go away, there would be concern. Then you can continue your period with that um, lower dose levonorgestrel intrauterine device. Sneaky, sneaky. The things we must do when we live with our parents. Um, Okay. Let's, let's talk about male birth control. This was another question from ambassadors. Um, one offered that her husband got the vasectomy. It's been incredible. Um, and we also are hearing rumblings of a pill going to trials. Yes. So I think we've all seen a couple of studies come out saying, oh, they stopped the trial on the birth control pill because the men had like acne, emotional swings, um, you know, weirdness. And we're like, yeah, we women have had that with all the pills all the time and you can't suck it up. And so they didn't stop it because of the side effects. They stopped it because they thought it was working. And so it was moving on to the next phase. So there is a potential pill coming down the line. I've also heard of another company that's doing a vasectomy that may be more reversible where they put something in your tubes and then they can dissolve it later and then whatever, you know. But um, I'd say absolutely, if you're with a partner and they're willing to do stuff, do it. If you're like not married or anything, I asked the person with the uterus, do you really trust the dude? Cause like, he's like, oops, I forgot to take my pill today. Well, who gets screwed if he forgot to take the pill, but he's really horny and still wants to have sex with you. So um, I tell anybody with a uterus that always use a condom because 
I don't like to leak sperm for 24 hours, right? Mm -hmm. If the other side had to leak my fluids for 24 hours, I bet you sure as heck they'd make sure we use something so that he doesn't have to leak my fluids for the next 24 hours. And so I have a condom bag and people are like, "Uh are you cheating on your husband? Is he cheating on you? And I was like, no, I don't like to leak sperm for 24 hours. I don't like to mess up my vaginal flora. We have really good condoms that are really thin and the Condom Depot should pay me. Check out condomdepot.com. They rate condoms by like person with a penis gave it like a B plus, but the person with a vagina gave it an A minus. And so at our Stanford teen clinic, we choose the best condoms with the best sensation, which is the thinnest condoms that don't pop. Um, and you get a better adherence compliance, I think, if you have a thin thing. And I always say the one with the penis seems to always get off in a sexual relationship. So a little condom that prevents sexually transmitted infections and prevents me from leaking semen for 24 hours is a great thing. Yeah. Let's, let's talk, um, quickly about sex ed. Um, we, I didn't send you any questions about sex ed, but I feel like you've got some thoughts. Um, Sex ed, big part of all of this. Um, folks need to know what's happening, um, how to prevent pregnancy, uh, and also what their options are should they get pregnant. Um, well, let's jump back to Roe v. Wade and sex ed. Uh, what do we think is going to happen there? I think that, you know, we real what what is the good thing is the internet. So <laughs> there you, is internet. YouTube. There are a ton of different websites. Um, Amaze is a nonprofit that has parents talking to youth about sex ed. Um, there's going to be a company called Allo, like Apollo. Um, full disclosure, I'm on his advisory board and have some stock of it. Teaching comprehensive sex ed that you can like, my kid asked me about masturbation. Quickly, go watch a video or read up on it and then go back to the kid or discuss it as a family or have education as the kid and then just education as the parent. There are a lot of good books out there. Um, one of them, I just met her and I suck at names, but I feel her name's like Safia Shalom or something. That's a really cool sex ed book that you could read and discuss, or I'm too lazy, so I'm just going to give it to my daughters and let them read it. Um, American Girl has a lot of puberty things. What needs to be said about sex ed is that generally we don't have enough of it and it should have important information in addition to preventing unplanned pregnancy, preventing sexually transmitted infection, consent. Consent is key. And so everybody should watch the video, tea and consent. If you haven't watched it, it's the coolest video. And the analogy is if somebody spends all this time preparing tea for you, and then they come to you and you're like, I don't want tea. Do you force tea down their throat? No, you step away because you don't pour tea, hot tea down someone's throat or ever, ever. And that is the same thing with sex. You may all be ready in the moment and you cannot pull the, oh, but my balls are blue or like, I'm going to burst and die. We'll go in the corner and go masturbate off. You know, like I don't owe you anything and I can change my mind at any time. And you want sex to be a wonderful mutual thing with good communication and I believe either 30 or 70% of the time, the one with the vagina does not get off. And so I tell my patients with the vagina uterus that if you don't get off, don't risk pregnancy and sexually transmitted infection. Do some mutual masturbation or better you know, discussion of what you like. Don't be afraid because the one with the penis almost always ejaculates. And it's only mm -hmm. fair that the one with the uterus gets hers in a heterosexual relationship. Yes, yes. 
Um, and all that takes is great communication. Um, I'll throw a book recommendation here. Um, Come As You Are is definitely making the rounds in heterosexual couples, but also um, in, in gay couples as well. It just forces you to have the talk about what you like, what you don't like, your breaks and gas. As they call it, I think accelerators, they don't call it gas. They call it, nobody wants gas in the bedroom. Um, Let's talk about, okay, let's talk about having a baby, choosing to have a baby. Uh, We've talked a bit about this. Uh, I think a great concern among a lot of folks who've spent their life on birth control is, oh God, I've been on this since I was 16. Now I'm 28. Now I'm 30. Now I'm whatever. Am I going to be able to get pregnant? Um, So can you speak to that lifelong hormonal birth control and trying to have a baby. Yes. So a lot of people that, you know, the other flip, the way to ask this question I've heard is does birth control make you sterile? And it's Mm -hmm. like, the joke is, yeah, while you're taking it, that's why you're taking it. (laughs) But as I alluded to before, the pill, the patch, the ring, the IUD, the implant, all of these methods, um, the pill, the patch, the ring, you know, is out of your body in three days on average because you come off of it and in three days you bleed. That's because the mm. hormones came out and you are off of it. And if you want to be absolutely anal, then give it another seven days and it is definitely washed out of your body. Um, the IUD and the implant, as soon as you take it out, it is out of your body. And so immediately you could rebuild that lining and then you know have another baby. The, the shot, as I mentioned, takes sometimes eight months to wash out. So if you're on the shot, make sure you don't want to get pregnant, that you don't need to get pregnant within the next eight months. I don't know why you'd want to, you know, have a timing on that that quickly, but whatever. Um, hopefully you don't have that time constraint, but if you do then maybe don't go on the shot because you need, we need the quickness, but what they, the reason why some women have come off the pill patch ring and had a hard time getting pregnant and they blame the pill patch ring, but it's actually not the pill patch ring. What it is, is that 10% of women in our lives is, are going to develop polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS. And when you have PCOS, you try to make eggs, but they don't pop out. And if you don't pop out eggs, you're gonna have a hard time getting period, um, uh, pregnant <laughs> and a period. Um, the symptoms of PCOS are irregular periods, hairiness, and zits. And that's part of teenage life, but <laughs> um, there's also PCOS as well. And so what it is, is if you take 50 women not on the pill, 50 women on the pill patch ring, check in on them in 20 years or 15 years, whatever your average you thinking somebody on a birth control, you could be on birth control for like 30 years if you started like 14. And um, then you'll see 10% of the women who were on nothing have a hard time to get pregnant. And 10% of the women on the pill patch ring have a hard time to get pregnant has nothing to do with the pill patch ring, IUD implant, simply that 10% of women have polycystic ovarian syndrome. So if you come off your birth control and you have a hard time getting pregnant, please see your doctor and get worked up for polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, I had been on the birth control pill from like 18 to 35 continuously. And at the end, skipping the periods and whatnot, I got pregnant in three months had a baby, went back on birth control because I wanted to space my children. And FYI, the WHO does not recommend getting pregnant with your second child until your youngest is 18 months old. So not like when she's 19 months, pop out another one in nine months, but don't get pregnant 
until your youngest is 18 months old because they want your body to recover and have enough nutrition and sleep maybe to support the next one that you're about to bring into this world because you want to make the world optimal for what you're about to grow and for yourself as well. And so I popped out each time, got pregnant in three months after, you know, whatever, 18 to 35, 17 years of continuous birth control pills. And um, yeah. And if you remember, if you are having trouble getting pregnant, like you're not alone, talk to your doctor, um, talk to your friends, guaranteed they, they or someone they know had trouble getting pregnant too, and they can be that support you need. So don't, don't go it alone. You've got a lot of, a lot of humans behind you. And also give it eight months. So um, if people are trying to get pregnant at the right time for a year, 85% will get pregnant, but 15% won't. So don't be like, oh, we tried three months. Like Dr. Yun said, we didn't get pregnant. You got to do the year. Or if you're older, you may cut it to six months. Older being like 32. (laughs) older. Yeah. <laughs> Just because uh, as you get closer to 35, you're a little more anxious. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about IVF and fertility too, throughout this deep dive as well. Um, so we'll get all of the, all of the questions answered. Okay. Last question, Dr. Yen, let's talk about, so we've talked about all of the preventatives. We've talked about Roe v. Wade. Um, let's chat through what we can do um, if we want to do something in this time of change with Roe v. Wade, what, what are some actions we can take? Yes. So three specific actions. One, ask your Senator to pass the Women's Health Protection Act. If we can get 60 votes, then that is anti-filibusterable and we can pass it. And that will codify Roe v. Wade into our our legislative system. The Democrats right now have 50 votes and minus two for Manchin and Cinema, but maybe plus one for Collins because she screwed up on the Supreme Court, but maybe not. So we, if we can get to 60, then we can pass the Women's Health Protection Act, or we have to undo the filibuster, which a lot of people are fine with, and then pass it with our 50. So that's one method. Number two, the ERA has actually been passed by enough states. It has also been passed by our House and Senate, I believe, and all we need is the U.S. archivist to publish it. And the previous U.S. archivist wouldn't publish it, even though under Biden, but I think appointed by the previous orange-haired Cheeto from Florida. But there's a new one that just came May 1st, I believe. So maybe this is the opportunity to pressure the archivist and Biden and Kamala Harris and whoever the heck can pressure this person to publish it because then women would actually have equal rights in the constitution. Because if you are listening to some of these Supreme Court justices, they're like, well, the founders never intended, the founders never intended women to vote, black people to vote, women to have anything. It wasn't on their mind, you know? (laughs) And so we need to evolve with the times. They didn't have mRNA viruses. They didn't have cars. They didn't have all the drugs we have. They don't have all the technology. They didn't live until we lived. So we should not go by what they intended back then. We should go by what is right and what we should be equal. And so the states have passed the ERA. Enough states have passed it. We just need to get this archivist person to go with it. And it's a woman. I like Googled it the other day. So maybe (laughs) hopefully, you know, on our side, those of us with uterine. And then lastly, um, the National Network of Abortion Funds. 
If you Google ActBlue National Network of Abortion Funds, they have this cool thing where you write one check and it's divided amongst 81 different funds. But if you want to like specifically target like the red states or whatever, you could do that and then just uncheck the boxes for the states. You're like, California doesn't need money or blah, blah, blah. But know that California actually does need money because everybody's going to be coming to our state for abortions. It's estimated that 300,000 women will be traveling out of their state in the next year when this horrible thing comes down with the Supreme Court. And then the other stat I heard that was just heartbreaking, 60 to 70,000 women will be forced to continue a pregnancy they don't want to continue because they can't get it together to find resources or money. And I was, there was a woman who was California fund. I was like, really? Like everybody thinks, you know, donors can cover everything. Donors can't cover everything and they can only cover a portion. And so if the woman can't come up with her portion, then it's like, sorry, because money just doesn't fall from trees. And there's a concern that, you know, as more women come to those liberal states, the women in those liberal states won't be able to get the other services that Planned Parenthood provides. 97% of what Planned Parenthood provides is not abortion. It's birth control, sexually transmitted infection testing. And in California, they even do prenatal care and pediatrics. They're like primary care providers. And then are there enough providers willing to go out there? So um, donate to the National Network of Abortion Funds if you can. Um, Donate your time. There's people volunteering to drive people. There's people volunteering to house people, though certainly there's COVID, et cetera. But whatever you can do, but pressure. The Supreme Court justices, if any of you live near them, feel free to go visit and protest and then um, get your senators to pass the Women's Health Protection Act. Let's find this archivist and get whatever political pressure, whatever pressure to publish the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, Go to eracoalition.org. That's a great thing. And then I started a nonprofit. I can't believe we have to bring it back again, is rsilverribbon.org. But mainly wear silver ribbon. And when people go, what the heck is that? You're like, I trust women with personal health decisions. I think that abortion should be free and that we should have access to it. And that's all it means. And if all of us would wear silver ribbon, maybe the, the tide of silver ribbons would freak out the senators and they would do the right thing. Um, before we go, give us a plug. Tell us where to find Pandia Health and what uh, services you provide. Thank you so much. Um, Pandia Health is the only women-founded, women-led, and more importantly, the only doctor-led, the only academic doctor-led company in birth control delivery. We can deliver to all 50 states. And if you want to use our expert doctors who have a minimum of a decade experience, and a lot of us have decades of experience, um, it's just 20 bucks once a year in those 14 states. And if you're not in one of our 14 states, example I give, is we cover Texas, but we don't cover Tennessee or I don't know, one of those states, you can drive a half an hour into one of the states that we do serve, fill out the questionnaire, pay 20 bucks, and then we can ship to all 50 states. We take almost all insurances except for Kaiser because Kaiser won't let us bill them. And if you don't have insurance, it's um, we have some pills starting at $7 a pack, but that's 12 pack minimum. Or we have $15 a pack is pretty standard. And that's less than 50 cents a day. So 90, 95% of birth control pills are generic. You may think you're on a name brand, but it's actually generic. So check us out and put your money where your values are. Um, you can find us on all the social media, 
Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We have a great blog. We have a great frequently asked questions. And actually today, or we're always on the second Tuesday of every month at five o'clock Pacific in Espanol. And then 5.30 in English, we have TMI Tuesdays where we go over whatever hot topic. But if you have some random question you want to hit up and you want to hit up Dr. Yen live, that's your opportunity. Or you can post stuff on YouTube, Facebook, et cetera. And it's Pandia, the Greek goddess of healing, light, full moon. Pan is every, Dia is day. So we got you covered every day. Set it and forget it and get hashtag Pandia peace of mind. Oh, and lastly, um, periods optional. Anybody with a uterus that doesn't want to bleed once a month, please check out my TEDx talk at the bottom of pandiahealth.com forward slash periods optional. And know that if the government's going to subpoena your records on your cell phone, if you don't have any periods, then that data will be useless to them. So maybe time for everybody to go hashtag periods optional. Um, Thank you so much for joining me. This has been incredible and educational. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. This has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is another thing that's better with friends. Thanks to Dr. Sophia Yen for joining us, to Ryan Deffitt for editing, and to Ryan Barayuga for the video production. And thanks to all of you listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts. 